nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. September 4th, 2023, Labor Day, y'all. Let's go. Here we are. guys how's everybody doing out there today it is labor day and i'm your host don q laboring with you guys because i am not one of these chump monkey motherfuckers that oh <laughs> look look listen i am just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast talked about this time and time and time again i'm glad for the uh the people out there that get to have their uh their podcast as a full-time job and get to make money off of it and then they choose to take these days off these are the same people that claim to be for us oh i'm one of you i'm just but a lowly servant but i'm taking labor day off so uh with that being said guys happy labor day and uh Just a couple of things let's touch on real quick. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, please make sure you subscribe to the show, follow the show, follow the show, and uh, make sure you share this with your friends. Also, guys, while you're on those podcast apps, if you scroll down to where it says DTOM Store, check that out. Uh, I don't think it's going to be up and running too much longer, guys, because uh, it's going to cost me $30 a month to maintain this store, and uh, it seems that you guys don't really give a shit. Uh, whether you don't care, I, I can see that people are going to the store. I will say that. Now, I don't know if it's a situation where you don't like what you see, and that's fine. You know, it's an experiment. I tried it out, but I, I don't see the point of maintaining a merch shop if no one's going to buy merch. I will say this I bought a t shirt from the store. It They're good shirts, okay? I'm not trying to say that for you to go buy a shirt, but. If you're wondering, well, do I want to spend $30 or whatever it is, $20-something on a shirt? Uh, what if it's crappy? I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this for you to go buy a shirt. Um, I bought one with the uh, Don't Tread on America logo on it. Uh, it's a Gildian is the t-shirt, you know, the brand of the t-shirt. It's a nice, thick t-shirt. It's a good t-shirt. I've worn it. I've washed it. It doesn't shrink. So... You guys do you, but I'm letting you know right now it's probably only going to be up for another month. And uh, I was going to run it through the end of the year just to maybe get like some cold weather. I was going to do some sweatshirts and whatnot, but uh, it just doesn't seem to make us make sense. If it's costing me $30 on top of the website, on top of the Don't Tread on America website, on top of the podcasting fees, not that altogether it probably is running me about $100 a month. I mean, granted, it's not a shit ton of money, but in this day and age, a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. And if I can't make at least a hundred dollars out of the merch store, it makes no sense for me to continue doing said merch. 
So, with that being said, guys, also make sure you follow us on social media if you're there. We are on the Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker at Don't Tread on America. And also you can check out our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Um, from there, you can subscribe to each one of those situations. You can email the show. You can message the show. You can send me stuff. You can not send me stuff. You can share along. You can catch links. And you can catch stories and funny little memes on TikTok. I basically just do drink videos. However, <laughs> I made this observation the other day. I haven't made a drink video since January. Here we are, September 4th. I haven't made a drink video since January. So I've actually got like three or four drinks in the top of my head that I'm going to do. So stay tuned for that. If you want to subscribe to the TikTok at Don't Try on America, I'm going to put up some more drink videos probably this week. So yes, I'll have to do some drinking. Shucks. But, uh, so anyway, today is Labor Day. So happy Labor Day. So what is Labor Day and why do we, why do we, uh, celebrate Labor Day? So the history of Labor Day, Labor Day's history is a colorful one. Starting back in 1894, if you turn to page 62 in your textbooks, no, but seriously, Labor Day has been a national holiday in the United States since 1894. For many, uh, it may signify picnics, parades, a day off from work, or the end of summer and the beginning of fall. And I think nowadays, like, I'm sure back in 1894, early 1900s, yeah, Labor Day, everyone probably had the day off. Kids didn't have school help. I grew up, I was, I didn't grow up, but I was young when we moved to Florida. So up north, and this is how it was back in the 70s, I don't know, how it is nowadays, but usually you didn't even start school after um, Labor Day. Down here, we start school like, I think school's been going for like four weeks now. So, nonetheless, kids get out of school. Most places, most people that have normal jobs, I'll say it like that, you know, get her dones, people that work at a bank, work at uh, doctor's offices, stuff like that, they have today off. People like us that work uh regular jobs um we don't now granted i did have today off because i am special what the fuck was that that was weird <laughs> no i just because i happen to have sundays and mondays off not anything to do with the labor day it just happens to be my days off at any rate so what's the big deal what does it matter um to me labor day doesn't signify anything um it's it's a day i get some holiday pay so i'll make a little extra money um like i said i just happen to be off today it has nothing to do with labor day it just happens to be my days off but the day actually celebrates a long history of u.s workers and their immense contributions at various periods of time under extreme difficult conditions to the country's might abundance and success so some key takeaways. The first Labor Day parade took place in New York City in 1882, prior to it actually being a national holiday. The roots of Labor Day grew out of violent clashes between labor and police during the Haymaker riots in 1886 when thousands of workers in Chicago took to the streets to demand an eight-hour workday. Could you imagine? They, these people back in those days were working so many hours on a consistent basis, probably six days a week, that they had to riot. And that, you know, basically, these things that happened back in the 1880s were the cause of why you have unions today. People that worked, especially in like factories and, and what I call get or dones, you know, swinging a hammer or getting things done, they worked from morning to night, six days a week. And, uh, probably you know 12 10 to 12 hours a day easy and um so it was for those people that we have the regulations that we have today that you might have a 40-hour work week anything over 40 hours is double or time and a half or whatever you get for overtime you know depending on where you work but uh back then you know you gotta think minimum wage was probably like a freaking quarter you know, I mean, all, in all honesty, I, I didn't look it up. I don't know, but I guarantee it was less than a dollar. And if you're working, you know, 12, 
or so hours a day. You know, could you imagine having to bust your ass for less than $12 a day? Now, mind you, there wasn't income tax and all that shit back then. But <laughs> whatever, $12 a day. People complain if they make only $12 an hour nowadays. So um, the first Labor Day, having the first Monday in September off from work was remarkable for the American workers in 1894 when Labor Day was declared a national holiday. Working conditions in countries, factories, road, railroads, mills, and mines were grim. Employees, including children, were often required to work 12 or more hours a day, six days a week, in crowded, poorly ventilated spaces. Calls for shorter work days and better conditions came from workers' strikes and rallies in the decades after the Civil War. On September 5th of 1882, union leaders in New York City organized what's thought to be the first Labor Day parade. So we think of a Labor Day parade like, oh, there's a band. This was more of a strike. Tens of thousands of labor union members, bricklayers, jewelers, uh, typographers, dress and cloak makers, and other many tradespeople took to unpaid leave to march with their locals, the day culminated in picnics, speeches, and fireworks and dancing. Labor Day had been an official holiday in 24 states. By the time it came to a federal holiday, Labor Day parades and other festivities demonstrated the strength and the spirit de corps of trade and labor organizations. So, what does it all mean? I mean, other than what I just told you, I think it's roughly... 70% of this country, okay, Labor Day is a, a federal holiday, just like Christmas and Thanksgiving and 4th of July and whatever else, right? How many people actually have that day off? If you take all the quote-unquote federal holidays, unless you work at a bank, and I'm being serious, unless you work at a bank or you work for the post office, maybe like a local doctor's office, um, I like the doctor I go to, even though it's a quote unquote hospital, like the hospital portion of the place is open. But as far as doctor visits and seeing the doctor or having scans or whatever the case may be closed, all those holidays closed. doesn't matter what day it's on. They're closed. But what's that percentage? It's like a 20, 30 percent of this of this country that's employed in those situations that don't actually have to work. The rest of us, for the most part, have to work. And what does it what does it mean? What does it matter? If you work at a grocery store, you work in a restaurant industry, if you work in a service industry, or uh, if you're a police officer, or a firefighter, or, you know, ambulance worker, you know, or like I said, you work in a hospital, not a doctor's office, but a hospital. It's just another day. It's just another Monday. And um, now, mind you, I get it. I understand, like, police officers, pretty much you need them on duty 24-7, 365, hospital, same difference. I understand that. But do they compensate? I mean, I'm just asking the question. I don't know. I would assume that if I'm a, a nurse or a doctor or, or certified medical assistant, whatever, at a hospital, and I'm having to work on a holiday, I'm probably making pretty good money doing it. Same thing with police officers, firefighters, and so on and so forth. You're probably getting like time and a half or double time or whatever for for doing that. But people, the rest of us, the majority of this country that don't work in those types of jobs, what do we get paid now? The company I work for, I'll I'll get holiday pay. So I'll get an extra, I don't even know the dollar amount, but whatever it is. This on my paycheck for this week, I'll get an extra, whatever it is, hundred bucks too. I don't even know what it is. And uh, so at least they do that, and that's relatively new. They only started doing that a couple of years ago. It used to be, oh, we got paid for six or whatever it was holidays for the year, and then we got like a bonus check at the end of the year that was like three hundred bucks. Big deal. So, nonetheless, when it comes to a lot of these holidays, especially like Labor Day, they don't signify a whole lot for most. Of us Americans, but then there's so many people that take this day off that don't really deserve it, in my personal opinion. And the reason I'm saying that, I'm not picking on any one particular podcaster. I'm not going to sit here and name names. You guys listen to other podcasts. Surely this is not your only podcast that you listen to. And that's fine because it's not the only podcast I listen. I mean, I don't listen to my own podcast, but you know what I'm saying. Ah. So, why, if these people, 
whatever side of the aisle you're you're on. Uh, mostly, I would assume you're on the right side of politics or the conservative side or the the fuck the bullshit side. Um, if these other podcasters, mainstream, do this for a living, and what I mean by that is I do this for fun. I mean, granted, if I could make this a job for a living, that would be fantastic. I'm, I've never even fronted on that situation. But right now, it's a part-time, it's not even a part-time job. It's a part-time activity. This is a hobby for me. I've told you guys this time and time again. Um, I will tell you this right now. If this were to become a full-time job, I would work on these holidays with the exception of like Thanksgiving and Christmas. I, I see no reason why I would not work on a Labor Day, Memorial Day, 4th of July, whatever the case may be. Not that those holidays are any less important, but um, if I'm here for you guys, if I'm here for the people, if I'm going to be a voice of the people, and most of the people that listen to these podcasts are out there swinging a hammer or getting shit done... And now they don't have a podcast to listen to because you decided to take the day off. Well, good for you. I'm here and uh, you're welcome. Share this with your friends. <laughs> so anyway, that's all I got for you today because it's Labor Day. I don't want to say damn. No, I'm joking. So it's widely believed that on September 5th, uh, well, I already read this, so I'm not going to read it again. <laughs> so yeah, we, we they struck... They were pissed. I think the the most amazing thing about all that is is the children aspect of it. That you got to imagine back in the 1800s, you had kids. I'm not talking about 15, 16, 17 year olds. I'm talking like 10, 8, 9, 10 year olds out there in factories, not working at mom's mom and pop's uh, grocery store. Uh, they were in factories working 12 plus hours, six days a week. That's some crazy shit. And that's, you know, part of that also came from um, child labor laws started back then, too. And you, you saw a big push in this country towards kids having to be over 16, 16 or older to work. And even then they were limited in their capacity of what, of how many hours they could work in a week and how much money they can make. Because the focus for those children was to go to school. But as of lately, there, there has been more of a growth in union activity. And this, obviously, the working conditions are nothing like they were, you know, 140 years ago. But, you know, after decades of a waning influence, U.S. labor is making its presence felt in a major way. Union activity has skyrocketed nationwide from national retail and restaurant chains to distribution centers to local coffee shops data from the national labor relations board revealed that union representative petitions soared 58 percent during the first nine months of fiscal year uh, october of 21 to june of 22 with petitions increasing from 1892 or i'm sorry to 1892 from the 1200 prior uh, period of the same year or of the prior year, I should say. Representation petitions are filed by employees and employers seeking to have the NLRB conduct a union election. The surge nationally is being felt in Boulder Valley in northern Colorado. So, I'm not going to read on to this, but I'm just going to talk from the heart. Okay? Why do you think that is? So... I don't like to talk about where I work, what company I work for, because those, the few people that listen to the show that actually know me and know where I work, that's fine. Um, personally, I know I say stuff on this show that I'm, I'm personally worried I make a pretty good living doing what I do. So yeah, I'm worried that if, if someone in upper, 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 upper management found out what I was doing and what I was saying, that maybe I would, they would feel some sort of way. Not that I badmouth the company. But yeah, that they would feel some sort of way and about the things I do talk about and somehow or another find a way to fire me. 
uh, I can't afford to do that. So thus the reason why I don't say where I work, because surely there's a person here or there listening to the show that could care less about me or this show. They're listening to it to get some kind of ammunition to throw me under the bus. And that's fine. Uh, therefore, you will not know <laughs> where I work. But I have also stated prior to the current line of work that I'm doing now, I used to be a manager for Walmart. And I don't care that you know that because that was 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm old. But um, when I was a manager for Walmart, and I'm going to use them as an example because I think those are one of the categories of companies that are seeing a higher uptick in in union activity, union uh, trying to get re union representations, and, and, and companies like that. I'm sure there's probably in targets around the country. I'm sure there's some here and there and different um, department-type stores and then probably some grocery stores, especially your more nationalized grocery stores, your Publixes, your Kroger's, um, and whoever else is out there. I don't know. Uh, Winn-Dixie's and stuff like that. Um, that these people that work, that the, the hourly employees that work for these companies feel that they're being abused. Now, granted, I could make the argument, and, I, and I'm going to talk on both sides of this, so I could make the argument as a manager and say, hey, you guys think you're being abused. You don't have a clue. You look at your history books back in the 18 mid, you know, like this article I read a minute ago, prior, you know, just past the Civil War. Look at the way the workers back then were being treated. Now, mind you, you're not Milton Steel and fucking building a railroad. You're bagging groceries or you're stocking shelves or whatever the case may be. But one person's abuse doesn't equate to the next person. So, yeah, I could sit here and go to a Walmart employee and think, oh, you got a badge? You think you have a badge? Imagine if you were out working 12 hours a day laying fucking steel, blah, 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 blah. I can make that argument. It doesn't matter because you're talking 100 plus years ago. Those people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So in their mind, they feel that they're being abused. When I was a manager with Walmart, like I said, this was 20 years ago. I don't know how things are nowadays. Uh, knowing Walmart, they don't change very quickly when it comes to things. So I'm going to assume it's probably very much the same. But we were always taught as managers to try and quell any kind of union activity because Walmart feels some sort of way about unions to the point where they would threaten to close stores. Like, okay, you want to unionize, you're, you're at a store in Tampa, Florida. You're at store 1234 in Tampa, Florida. And uh, the, the employees there want to unionize. They took a vote, and they're going to unionize. There's been a lot of times Walmart, if you can look this up, throughout the country where stores have done that because just because a store does does that doesn't mean the whole co uh, whole company is unionized that particular location would be but nonetheless um or walmart to go in and close that store they'll be like fuck it we'll just close the store and then all those people all those employees are put on a list essentially non-rehirable and walmart will literally <laughs> build a store a mile away reopen a store and it'll be store one two three five so it's not the same store bring in new management hire new employees and if you're bob johnson that was in the last store you're not going to get a job there because you're on an unhirable list so they would want us to quell that so if you had an associate come to you and say oh you know mr don you know things are rough and i've heard rumblings about people um, wanting to create a union and strike and da-da-da because Walmart, you know, most of these types of places are open every day of the year. Now, mind you, since COVID, some things have changed with Walmart. They don't, they're not 24 hours. They're closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas. They've always been closed on Christmas. Now, mind you, this uh, this will blow your mind. When I first started with Walmart, way back in 1994, no, well, actually, <laughs> was it 93? <laughs> trying to be a smartass. And I was... Anyway, uh, back then, there was no super centers. And uh, most of your stores were what they called Division One stores. They uh, were closed on Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And on Sundays, they closed early. So the store I was in, so say Monday through Saturday, I think they closed at 10, if I remember correctly. 
And Sundays, they closed at 7, I think it was. 7 or 8. wasn't terribly earlier than normal, but still earlier. And um, I want to say they opened a little later, too. Not like crazy like I think if they opened at 7, I think they opened at like 9 on Sundays. 9 to like 7, 9 to 8, something like that. And you're not talking forever ago. Yeah, that was 30 years ago from now. But Walmart's been doing 24-7 every day open except for Christmas for a while. Like before I left Walmart 20 years ago, they were already doing that. So um, it wasn't until COVID that they started closing the stores at whatever it is, 10 or 11 o'clock. And uh, closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, and I think it's a situation where they realized because of COVID, you had some companies realize that being open 24 hours wasn't really paying dividends. What does this have to do with (laughs) with the labor unions? Anyway, so... We used to, we were always told to try and squash it because you didn't want home office coming in and trying to squash it because, like I said, they would close stores. Um, why do hourly employees of department stores, grocery stores, restaurants, because I, I don't think it has anything to do with so much the working conditions as much as um, how many hours you're working because there's probably a lot of people that don't even get 40 hours in those in those types of jobs that want 40 hours or 45 or 50, they want that overtime because of the money they're making. So I think that's where your union activity is falling in line. Not so much because of the abuse of the hours. It's because of the abuse of the work that they have to do for what they're feeling like they're getting paid. Um, even as of recent, like we can, we can argue over the fact if we are, or aren't in a recession, Whatever. We can talk about inflation and we can run through the bullshit numbers that the government's giving to us. I'll say this about that. A lot of your inflation... Okay, let me put it this way. We can blame Joe Biden... (laughs) We can blame Joe Biden Biden, for uh, inflation all day long. I have no problem doing that because he talks out of his mouth. If he had half a fucking brain cell, he would blame inflation on man on the companies but he tries to put a smooth coat on it like it's like oh there's no inflation now we're good we're good no 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 and the reason i say that is this is because most of your corporations your 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 manufacturers of goods whether it's uh food goods or clothing goods or whatever the case may be most of those companies gas companies whatever they're making a profit they're making record profits and they're raising their prices. Now, the argument on their end is we're raising prices because uh, supply and demand. And I talked about this during COVID, during the whole let's give everybody money thing. And I told you about Germany's hyperinflation and stuff like that. We're on the precipice of this. Now, back then in Germany, it was it was literally a supply and demand thing. Nowadays, it's not like your companies that manufacture food and goods. There's plenty of that to go around. There's plenty of stuff to manufacture and to make. They don't want to pay the people to make it is what it boils down to. Because it would cost them profit. So if these companies can raise the price of their goods, still make a shit ton of profit, then they don't care about you because they can blame it on the presidency. And it's kind of fucked up that, and I think that has a lot to do with union activity across the country, is you're starting to see employees starting to see that. I bust my ass for this company. I'm not making any extra money. I'm not making any more money this year than I was last year than I was the year before. And for example, the place I work for, I haven't made any more money than I had the years prior. So I'm stagnant for the last like four years in my yearly pay rate. And and not to get into details, but it's kind of how I get paid. I get paid to sell stuff. Well, if people ain't buying stuff, 
<laughs> I ain't selling stuff, right? And it's not that I'm not a good salesman. It has nothing to do with that. I, I feel like I do a very good job. I'm very good at what I do. The problem is, is people still have to buy it. And uh, you can't make them do it. So I think that causes, because the people making these rules are getting their salary, they're getting paid, and they get their pay raises every month or, you know, every year. And it doesn't affect them. So I think in this celebration of Labor Day, all these people, all these podcasters and newscasters and radio show hosts and people that make a hell of a lot more money than I do sitting here talking on a microphone. I'm not saying that because I don't make a fucking penny doing this, but my job in general, where I make a pretty good living, these guys that sit behind a microphone doing what I do three days a week, they do it for five days a week, make a shit ton more money than I do in my job, but they can't come in on Labor Day and their voice isn't loud enough to go out there and fight for you to these companies, to these manufacturers. You want to slow things down? <laughs> what if we take it back to 1882 and do a national walkout? Who cares if you're swinging a hammer or bagging groceries or waiting on tables or filling coffee cups? You want to fix things in this country? And this is me talking from the heart. If we, the people like me and you, the people listening to this podcast right now that are just regular old dudes and chicks that, like I said, wait on tables, you're working at a grocery store, you're working at Walmart, Target, you know, one of the uh, chain drug stores, or even a mom and pop place. You, mom and pop places might actually be closed because they give a shit about their people because they only have five or six employees. So they actually do care. But these national companies... National restaurants, national retail places, national grocery stores. And the people that work there and supply those stores, people that swing a hammer, that do physical work. <laughs> you want to fix things in this country? You want to fix inflation? You want to fix prices? Fucking stop buying shit, number one. Number two... Don't go to fucking work. I'm just saying. So, anywho. Speaking of not going to work. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the uh, vacationer-in-chief. That's my new name for uh, Mr. Joseph R. McGillicuddy. Here he is uh, talking in Florida on Saturday about the hurricane that struck years. us. I've flown over more land burned to the ground as a consequence of wildfires than occupy the, in state, or the entire land of the state of Maryland, from down in New Mexico and Alabama all up into Montana and around. It's been devastating. Now, we can get into the stats. We could actually talk about the effects of natural disasters. So, of course, once again, another natural disaster, Hurricane Idalia hit last week in Florida, did some damage up in the Big Bend area. And here comes Joseph R. Biden. And instead of <laughs> instead of saying hurricanes have been happening as long as we've ever heard of a fucking hurricane, right? Hurricanes ain't new, okay? I've lived in Florida for 42 years, okay? As far back as I can remember, <laughs> there's been hurricanes. I would say in the state of Florida, of my memory... And I'm going to base this from, say, junior high on. So, uh, yeah, they had junior high back then. So, <laughs> so I was in junior high. I was, what, 14, 13, 14 years old. So in the past 37 years, I would venture a guess that this state of Florida has either been hit or threatened to be hit by at least one hurricane a year. Now, I didn't look this up. I'm just basing this off of what I can recall, that this state has either been literally hit by a hurricane or one skirted to the south or one curved just before it hit and went up to like South Carolina or whatever. I'm not saying that we've gotten hit by a hurricane every year. We've, there's been a either a, a hit or a threat of a hit every year for 
the last 37 years that I can recall. And I would venture a guess that in the world of uh, in the lifetime of ever knowing what a hurricane is of this of this of of meteorology, it's the same. Hell, one year, <laughs> my first year with the company I'm working with, uh, we got hit where I live in Florida. We got crisscrossed by three. Back to back to back. So don't tell me that it has anything to do with some resurgence of climate control. Now, I actually wasn't here on Friday, and I apologize for that. I wasn't really feeling that great, and I just didn't have the energy to muster up to bring you a good show. So I did not. Now, mind you, I don't get paid to do this. I'm just a dude. (laughs) I worked a long day. It was a long week. I was tired hurricane i was tired but um the show i have for friday i'm going to probably do that on wednesday and i'm going to get into climate control and what i think my personal take on what climate control uh climate uh crisis or whatever is whatever these people want to call it i'm going to give you my take on climate change climate crisis climate whatever i'm going to give you my take on the whole situation but far be it from this motherfucker right here to just say a hurricane is a hurricane and we need to help the people of, of Florida with the hurricane. Uh, wildfire, say what you want about Maui, whether it was done on purpose, it was an accident, it was Mother Nature, it was dry grass and a down power line, whatever. Can't we just say... <laughs> We, the federal government, are going to help the people of Hawaii. We, the federal government, are going to help the people of of uh, Florida. We, the people, are going to help the people, you know. No, no, no. No, no. Let's not worry about that. Let's send another motherfucking $20 billion to goddamn uh, fucking uh, Ukraine. Right? People that, realistically, we should give two fucking shits about when we have people in this country who are suffering with issues but anytime something in this country happens it's weather related okay and and we can we can we've obviously had a discussion about hawaii and i've given you my conspiracy theory on what hawaii is but if we go off of the official narrative of what happened in hawaii we can we can say that it was an accident dry grass fire whatever fix help these people out I gave you an estimate. They said it was going to cost $5 billion to fix Lahaina in uh, Hawaii. $5 billion. No, no. We've got to give another 20 to Ukraine. Uh, the estimates for the hurricane in Florida have not come in yet, but let's say it's another $50 million. We obviously have the money. I don't think we have the money for any of it. But if we can give billions, billions of dollars <laughs> to a fucking foreign-ass country that, like I said, we should give two shits about... We have the money to fix our fucking problems in this fucking country. But no, let's money launder it to another goddamn country because this crooked son of a bitch and the motherfuckers in Congress that are equally as crooked because they're approving it. Let's not put the blame 100% on Biden. Fix this fucking country. You ever heard the term clean up your backyard before you worry about your neighbors? That's what we need to do in this country is we need to clean up our fucking backyard because it's a mess. Speaking of it, so what the fuck? See, that's what happens when I get fired up, man. When I get fired up. So East Palestine, Palestine, I'm sorry, East Palestine, Ohio, train wreck, right? February 3rd, 2023. They are still cleaning up this mess. 200 and some odd days after the fact. Still cleaning up. And guess who still hasn't gone to show his sympathy for these people of this town? Right. Joseph R. Fuckface McGillicuddy. Biden. Now... He comes out uh, in that same press conference. Um, I don't know if they'll play it here on this clip I have. Um, No. They, uh, let me see if it's in here. But someone asked him about if he was going to go 
to uh, East Palestine. Let me see. East Palestine. Let's see if it pops up here. Here we go. March that you would go to East Palestine, Ohio. You came here. How come you haven't gone to East Palestine yet? Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on here, and I just haven't been able to break. I was thinking whether I'd go to East Palestine this week, but I then was reminded I've got to go literally around the world. I'm going from uh, from Washington to India Who to cares? Vietnam. Who to, cares? And so I, it's going to be a while. But uh, we're making sure. It's been a while, Joe. It's been seven fucking months. Seven. February 3rd, 2023. So, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven fucking months. Oh, I gotta go all around the world. I gotta go to these two fucking bit fucking countries that, once again... We should give two shits about. You can't take your ass. <laughs> Looked it up. This motherfucker, and, I, and I'm going to give you a layout because, you know, we call him the vacationer in chief, right? So, he's been to Philadelphia like 10 times, which is like a 30-minute drive from his home in Delaware. And I'm going to go through the specifics here in just a second. It's a five-hour car drive from Philadelphia to East Palestine. Not that he would ever take that car drive, but if it's a five-hour car drive, was it like an hour maybe flight? Probably less on, on Air Force One. It's an hour flight from D.C. to East Palestine. You don't have time? You don't have time? These people don't have time. So, I'm sorry. I'm very fired up over the situation. And I don't know one soul that lives in East Palestine. And um, God help these people and the stuff they're going through, stuff I saw on the news today. And that this motherfucker that, unfortunately, I would probably say some of these people voted for. I'm sure there was people in East Palestine that voted for Joe Biden for whatever reason. I wonder how they feel now that this guy gives two shits about you. So, I'm going to read this article. This is from Saturday. Although there's no longer wall-to-wall coverage in East Palestine, Ohio, residents of the small town still have to struggle with horrific disasters aftermath. The February train derailment resulted in a fire and releases of hazardous chemicals into the environment, which the EPA did, by the way. It's not like the shit blew up on its own. East Palestine residents feel abandoned and forgotten. Senator J.D. Vance told Fox News, Sean Hannity, that residents still worry about contamination. And I have that here, so I'm going to let him talk instead of me reading it. What happened to Joe's promise that he was going to go to East Palestine? Whatever happened, did did anybody ever help the people out in that community? Well, it's shameful and disgraceful, Sean. What happened is that over 100 days ago, Joe Biden promised that he would visit East Palestine, and he has broken that promise, refused to visit. And more importantly, Sean, he has refused to actually employ the services of his government to help the people of East Palestine. I was there just a couple of weeks ago, and let me tell you, people feel abandoned and forgotten because their own government, their own president, who promised to show up, didn't show up, and they really feel it. When you compare what's happening in East Palestine and Maui, you see a guy who promised, he ran for president saying that he would bring decency and empathy back to the Oval Office. Well, Donald Trump showed up in East Palestine, and Joe Biden never did, and he hasn't shown up anywhere else either. I wish this guy would just stay in his bunker and leave people alone, but if he's going to pretend to be the head of our government, he ought to get out there and do his job. No, he's too busy going to two-bit fucking countries that give two fucking shits about us. They're only in it for the money that we're giving to these countries instead of giving to these people. Now, what I found on East Palestine, the Norfolk train company, whatever they're called, uh, it's cost it's, it's cost them so far a billion dollars to clean this up. Now, do I believe that Norfolk Southern should be responsible for this? I don't have a problem with that. Should they be helping and paying for this cleanup? Fine. Now, my question is this. How much faster could it have gone had the government gotten involved 
and actually helped Norfolk Southern with the cleanup and then build them. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. We're going to let them fucking do it. They messed it up. We're letting them clean it up. It's it's fucking stupid. And, and regardless of all of that, the fact that you, President Joseph R. Biden, promised these people that you were going to be there, you just haven't been able to find the time. So this guy has taken over 40% of his time as being president in the three years so far that he's been president. 40% of his days on the job, he's been on vacation. Now, that's over three years. I'm not going to read the whole fucking article here. We know what he's done in the last couple of weeks. He's been to Hawaii. He's been to Delaware a couple of times. And and I'm going to skip past. I, I have a list here. So this is a list of all his dealings. Everywhere he's gone since he's been president. Okay, so we're going to start here day one. No, I'm joking. I'm going to start on February 3rd, okay? The train derailment, February 3rd of this year. The train derailment in East Palestine was February 3rd, okay? February 3rd and 4th, he visited his Delaware home, okay? Now, mind you, I'm going to say this about that. The accident was February 3rd. He probably... Didn't need to be there February 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, right? But just for shits and giggles, I'm going to run through his 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 schedule for the past seven months of where he's gone, okay? So on the 4th, he left his Delaware home and went to his brother-in-law's house in, uh, in somewhere. Hmm... Hancock Field National Air, Air, Air Guard. Where is that? Uh, New York. So he went up to New York to visit his brother-in-law. February 8th, he went to uh, discuss an economic plan, creating good-paying union jobs and delivering results. So he that was a presidential thing. But point being is he went to... Uh, he went somewhere. <laughs> where a Luana Training Center is, wherever that is. He went there. I think in uh, says so it was in Wisconsin. So he went there to talk about good paying union jobs. Okay. Now, like I said, the accident was on the third. I'm gonna probably I'm gonna read all these, but I'm gonna give him a week, maybe two weeks of a of a semblance of a, pre, a reprieve. Okay. Even though he was in Florida on Saturday, and the hurricane hit on Wednesday, but you know whatever right so february 9th he was in tampa to discuss social security medicare okay in uh on february 15th so february 9th to february 15th so within that week between tampa and this next one uh i guess he was just chilling at the white house doesn't say he was in lanham uh maryland Deliver remarks on building the economy, lower cost, blah, blah, blah. On the next day, he was in Bethesda, Maryland. That was when he went for his physical examination. They found out he was actually brain dead. So, on um, February 20th, he went to Germany, Poland, Ukraine. Uh, the 20th through the 22nd, he was in Poland. Then, uh, so he was in Europe for what's that three days right okay for whatever reasons then february 24th through the 27th oh he had to go home i need a weekend off i gotta gotta relax gotta relax february 25th which was in the process of that weekend he ran over to uh, philadelphia to visit his sister so went from williamton where he was there for 24 25 26 27 he was there for the weekend long weekend and uh, he ran over to Philly to uh, see his sister. Okay. Then back to uh, to Wilmington. Then on the 28th, he went down to uh, Virginia Beach and talked about affordable health care. So that was February. So March. He's in Maryland again. Uh, he was at Fort McHenry uh, talking about... Uh, dem- uh, Deliver remarks at the House Democratic Caucus. Uh, 
So he was there. Then uh, that following weekend, he was in Wilmington. And uh, on the 5th of March, he decided to go down to Selma, Alabama to deliver remarks on the 58th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. So he was able to mark out to civil rights things that he was never involved in, but still not to East Palestine. March 9th, once again, back to Philadelphia to see his sister. Uh, March 10th through 12th, he's back in Wilmington for, you know, some break. March 13th, 14th, he was in California at Monterey Park where he talked about gun violence. In uh, March 14th and 15th, then he, on his way back home, he stopped in Vegas to roll the dice, talked about lowering prescription drug costs. Then on March 17th through 19th, he's back in Wilmington. March 23rd and 24th, he goes to Ottawa to talk to Trudeau about gay sex, more than likely. Then after that, he had to come back home to Wilmington to take another break. All right, break's over. March 28th, we're going to Raleigh. We're going to Raleigh, Durham to uh, talk about uh, manufacturing boom that's strengthening supply chains and national security. And then on March 31st, he goes to Mississippi, Rolling Fork. Him and the him and Jill, uh, Doctor Doctor Jill Biden uh, talked about uh, uh, blah blah blah. Just went to some schools. Talked to probably marked out to P. It was oh there was a tornado. Okay, so that's what he did. And that was just a half day trip because he had to get back to Wilmington and take the weekend off. <laughs> uh. On April 1st, while he was in Wilmington, he went to Philly again to visit his sister and uh, go to an art show. You know, I'm guessing Hunter was selling some shit there. Then back home, April 1st to the 3rd in Wilmington. When I say home, I'm not talking about D.C., okay? Then uh, April 3rd, he went to Minneapolis to uh, talk to manufacturing and clean energy boom. Then uh, he goes to Belfast. He went to to Belfast to uh, deliver, uh, met with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and delivered 25th anniversaries of Good Friday Agreement. And then on the 12th and 14th, he went to Dublin, Ireland, which you guys might remember that one. He talked about being Irish and kissing the Barney and whatever. And then when he came back, he had to go back to Wilmington. He had to break. I need a break. I need a break from having a break. You don't understand. You all this traveling and having fun is is tiring. I had to go take a break. Uh, okay, so March nineteenth, he delivered remarks to the International Union of Operating Engineers in Maryland. Mind you, most of his travel, even when he does travel, when he leaves D.C., <laughs> I wouldn't wonder what the percentage is that he's in the fucking tri-state area. He's usually no further than Delaware, Pennsylvania. Which, by the way, you could also put East Palestine into that circular area. What they're probably in the same. Mileage-wise, if you go from D.C. northeast, you're in Wilmington. If you go D.C. northwest, you're in East Palestine. May 10th, he goes to New York, arriving at JFK and Westchester County Airport on Marine One. I mean, these things are so close, he doesn't have to take Air Force One. He's just taking the chopper. And then May 13th and 15th, he goes back to Delaware. And then on the 15th, he goes and visits the sister and their daughter, Ashley Biden attend the University of Pennsylvania's commencements. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the area, right? May 17th, he goes to Anchorage for uh, on his way to a state visit in Japan. Then he goes to Japan, 18th through the 21st. Uh, on the 21st, on his way back, he stops in Anchorage again. Now, from Anchorage, Alaska to, well, he goes to Delaware, obviously. But once again, crossing over East Palestine, can't land in see these people then uh may 29th i'm assuming that was memorial day he goes to arlington and then back to uh wilmington for a break then he goes out to colorado springs may 31st uh for a graduation ceremony at the air force academy while he's there he uh, delivers a commencement address on uh, june 1st on june 4th he goes back to uh, maryland to play some golf and then he goes down to uh, North Carolina on June 9th for another college commencement. Uh, Connecticut, he is at the University of Hartford for once again. That's right, another commencement. Back to Philly to visit his sister. And back to Delaware, where he went to the beach for the weekend. Then he went out to California 
to Microsoft and all that talk about climate change. And then back to Maryland to uh, two campaign receptions for people running for office. Then he went to Chicago um, to see the governor there, to New York City. to see, 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 he's literally going back and forth right over Ohio too, right? Uh, July, he's in South Carolina uh, talking about Bidenomics. And then back to Delaware to the beach, to Rehoboth Beach, right? Then he takes a jaunt over to Marriott, London, England, and uh, visits with uh, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak at 10 Downing Street and King Charles III. And then uh, while he's over there, he goes and pops into Lithuania. On his way back, he hits Finland and goes back to Philadelphia to visit his sister. Then he goes to Maine, you know, up to... Brunswick International Executive Airport to talk to uh, Bidenomics to people up there and then back to the beach in Delaware All right, August he's still on the beach so he was in the beach from July 28th to the 31st oh wait we're going to extend it August 1st to the 7th and then the 7th and the 8th he goes out to Grand Canyon uh, talks about uh, climate control or climate control climate change and on his way back he stops in New Mexico and talks about the Inflation Reduction Act and hits Utah. That's Utah. That was when the, the dude got arrested for making the threat. I'm sorry, arrested, got killed for making the threats against Biden. And then he had to go to the beach because, you know, that's what I talked about on the show back then. The guy, I can't recall his name off the top of my head, no, no offense. But so uh, they killed the guy, makes the threats on Facebook. And uh, I made the comment that, oh, but he's in the beach that weekend after the fact. No social, no uh, secret, no social security, no secret service around him. This dude was uh, killed because he threatened to be a sniper. But in the meantime, we're going to let the, the the president be out in the open. Well, we got the guy, yeah, because I'm sure he's the only one. Anyway, well, it goes back to Wisconsin, goes back to Scranton. You know, Scranton kid, right? Goes to Nevada. I'm going to zip pie this pretty quick. Goes out to Hawaii. Now, this was on August 21st, two weeks after the fires, to talk about that. To Nevada, to California. Then we're in September. He was in Florida this weekend. Back to Delaware, to the beach. Back to Philly to see his sister. Back to Wilmington. As of today. You've been so busy. There's not one thing that I don't believe I read on that. There's no reason why you couldn't have stopped. In the past seven months. And gone and see these people. In East Palestine. If nothing more, to show them that you give two fucking shits about American people. And I don't even want to sit here and talk about how Donald Trump went there. Okay, of course he's going to go there because you haven't gone there. So this is obviously a perfect opportunity for a person campaigning to be president to show up. I'm not disrespecting Donald Trump for showing up there by any stretch of imagination. He's the only one that has gone there. Vivek, DeSantis, RFKJ, whoever else. None of these people have shown up. And they're all running for president. So, whatever, whatever. Point being is this. Forget about the 40% away vacation, da-da-da. That's over three years. I don't care. Okay? I could read you a list and it showed Trump was 20-something percent. Granted, Biden's far, far by the most. As much shit as they talked about Trump. Um... And then the list goes down from there. Point being is, I don't care. I don't know what these guys do for a job. I don't know how much stress they have. I don't know. I don't care. The fact of the matter is this. You could have easily squashed all of this by just going to East Palestine in March. The fact that it's September, seven months after the fact, and you avoided like it's the plague. And here's the reason why I believe that's the case. Because what is he going to say? When he went to Hawaii, when he's gone to all these other situations, Hawaii, Florida, um, surely he's going to talk about what's going on out in Nevada. It's all going he can, to, he can make his argument about climate change. Whether you believe it or not, he can make that argument. What argument are you going to make about a train derailment other than faulty infrastructure? 
only only thing they would do then, much like Pete Buttigieg did when all this happened, was blame it on Trump. I think it's so far past the point of no return that he doesn't feel like he can show up. Look what happened when he was in Florida, when he went to the fucking people up there in uh, where the hurricane was in Live Oak. <laughs> they were Chen, fuck you, F. Joe Biden, leave. And, and, and realistically, <laughs> we shouldn't even, I mean, we should feel that way about him, but it's not like he's done us wrong in that situation. Not like he's power. What, what do you think would happen if he do, if he were to show up there? Hmm. Anywho, right, I'm gonna close out the show on some somber news. Uh, Friday night, we lost a, uh, I would say a pioneer in the music industry. I mean, I think it's safe to say that this this guy is very synonymous. Everyone pretty much knows who he is. Uh, whether you care to side on his politics, uh, he never really got into politics a whole lot. As much as he was more of a uh, contra- not controversy, but conservative. You know, he was a uh, nature person. I'm trying. I'm lost on the words here, but you know what I'm saying. And he's done a lot in that realm now. I'll say this about that. Me and my wife love going to Margaritaville uh, hotels. We go to a bunch of them across the country. They're very nice. They're very clean. Not that he necessarily has anything to do with it, but it's very relaxing atmosphere. If you've ever been to Key West, you know what I'm going to say. Beautiful, beautiful town area. Beautiful. Key West. If you go to Key West, uh, we stay down there for about a week. I, I can't even tell you. It's so beautiful. I want to go back. And we're going to go back. It's not. It's like an eight-hour drive for us from where we live. Um, the water. <laughs> I, I can't even explain. If you've never been, you need to go. And, uh, you know, the, the ironic thing about him dying, he died at the age of 76. So it's not like he was a young man by any stretch of the imagination. He died battling skin cancer, which is, hits home to me because of my issues i've been battling uh i don't even call it skin cancer because a lot of times when you say the word skin cancer people think oh you had some moles you had them removed okay technically yeah uh mine was uh at the time already stage three lymphoma um and it's no joke i went through i've gone through and been going through stuff for 15 years um, and I often ask the question <laughs> that and I've made the statement that I think God has forgotten about me. Either that or I'm here to do something great. Because realistically, the life expectancy of someone that has metastasized melanoma, which is what I have, and I'm at stage four. It's been in my esophagus. It's been in my throat. It's been in my neck. It's been in my back. It's been in my shoulder. It's been, you know, and the thing is usually it heads north and goes to your brain. That's what causes brain cancer nine times out of ten. Um, I've gone through so much stuff and I've seen people, whether they're Jimmy Buffett famous as hell or just random people get same cancers. Like they said, Oh, he, he had lymphoma. Well, that's what happens. Skin cancer. It, it literally will drip into your lymph nodes and it spreads and that's how it spreads and gets to other parts of your body. Um, not that he was a young man. Now, if he was 46, when he got diagnosed, he'd probably be a different story. But um, I've always asked the question. I've talked to my wife, and there's days I go through bouts of depression and stuff, and that's you know it just happens. You you know you know. Um, and I often wonder is is God forgotten about me? Not that I want to die. Nobody wants to die, but why am I still here? Is my question. And uh, I believe that I'm still here for something more than. I mean, this guy was who he was, <laughs> and God took him away. So, anyway, and then also I saw yesterday where uh, let me uh, stop old Jimmy there. Good song, good song. Uh, this is more from our generation. Steve Harwell from uh, the band Smash Mouth was entered into hospice this past weekend, and I saw today that he died. Steve Harwell dead at the age of 56 um, from alcohol, yeah, liver damage. He obviously drank a lot. And uh, 
you don't know what kind of demons these people had. I mean, he was a rock star. I mean, you could say whatever. I saw Smash Mouth in concert a few years back, back in, it was before COVID, so it was probably 2019. And um, I like Smash Mouth. Say what you want about them. I mean, they had a few good hits. And uh, so rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett, Steve Harwell. Um, may your music live on. I know it will. It'll live on with me. Um, and I guess that's all I have for you guys today. Nice to end it on a nice somber note. But uh, I guess I guess the essence of this show should be it's Labor Day. Love the ones that are around you. And because uh, you never know how long you're going to be with them. And pray for the people that are going through stuff, whether it's in their personal lives, whether it's the people in Hawaii, Florida, East Palestine, or other places. And uh, let's quit point, pointing fingers and blaming people. Joe Biden, let's fix the problems. And with that being said, guys, today is September 4th, 2023, Labor Day. You guys have a fantastic guys. Make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you share this, you're following the show. Follow us on social media at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the TikToker, and at Don't Tread on America.com. Other than that, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday.